0: Welcome, everyone, to the Nerd Journey Podcast, episode number 25. We're going to be joining you every week to talk IT career, news, and opinions based on our points of view. I'm your host, John White, at vjourneyman on Twitter, joined by my co-host, Nick Cordy, at networknerd underscore.
1: Hey, Nick, how's it going? It's going great, John. I'm pretty juiced up, and I know you are, too, from our Nerd Journey coffee experiment. You can check that out on YouTube, because, John... ...is in Fort Worth, Texas this evening, and we are podcasting from Casa de Corti. <laughs> in the same room. In the same room. That's right. We're both in the same place at the same time, and the universe didn't explode.
0: Now, Nick, your your wife suggested that we actually do what we normally do, like use separate computers and and use software to stream to each other, me in, in the dining room and you in your
1: office, but that just seemed like a a wasted opportunity to be in the same room. Yeah. I mean, we would have had to have two different camera feeds Mm. just streaming to YouTube. So people could watch one feed or the other, maybe like a picture in picture thing, but (laughs) we don't have that kind of equipment. Right. Right. Anyway, I'm doing great. I want to make sure people know that we are both VMware solution engineers looking to bring you the career advice. We wish we'd been given earlier in our careers. We hope our career discussions will be relevant across disciplines and remain timeless. If you're enjoying our content, please drop us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. And if you want to get in touch with us, tweet or DM at Nerd Journey. Ultimately, we're just two nerds on a journey. A journey to virtual enlightenment. So let's take a trip.
0: Great, Nick. How was that opening for you?
1: It was good. We were able to do it without cracking up since we're pretty close to each other physically. It wasn't... (laughs)
0: I mean, don't make it weird. Sorry. (laughs) We're not snuggling. Don't worry. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing that is pretty amazing to me is that I'm still awake and it's well after 11, but on the other hand, it is central time and I, my body's probably still Pacific. So
1: I'm probably okay. That's what happens when you live in the past, John. (laughs) Here in the future, it's a little bit later. (laughs) This is, this is the silver episode. 25. Oh, that's right. Number 25. That's right. Silver like how some of my hair is turning. I, I just figured I'd, I'd let you experience my silvery voice. That's that's part of it. That's why I wanted you to come so <laughs> I could hear it in person. It's, it's just not the same digitally. <laughs> All right.
0: So uh, today we have one topic that we're going to be talking about, and that is the idea of adapting to a new manager. And we have a couple different scenarios that we're going to be going through and then we're going to be talking about some tips and tricks and 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 how to go about actually doing it. Does that uh, work for you as far as structure?
1: Yeah, that works for me So let's take those scenarios in order. Yeah, okay So one scenario I thought of was that your current manager gets a promotion or maybe they're terminated or potentially they leave the company So you're still in the same role, but you're getting a different manager now that manager could come from the outside or within you know a lot of times it it is from the outside and has that happened to you before
0: yeah actually um so since i've actually joined vmware i've had two com- two managers leave the company i i say that out loud now and i'm wondering if if maybe it's me or no it can't be me they no no i'm i mean i'm the common denominator but it's not me is it it could be the manager killer. <laughs> they couldn't compete so they just left. Right. No. <laughs> we'll see if it's three in a row then then I'll I'll start
1: doing some serious soul searching. Right. That makes sense. <laughs> or you will just become the manager. Uh, uh, yeah. We'll like, I guess it. we didn't consider that one. You take the manager's job. <laughs> that,
0: that is an option I suppose, but uh I'm I'm pretty happy with my manager right now,
1: so. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. Another scenario could be that your reporting structure changes. For example, I I worked at a particular company and I reported directly to the CEO and he found that it made more sense for me to report to the CFO instead of directly to him, maybe to decrease the number of reports or perhaps because the CFO was a bit more technical. And so, you know, my role didn't change, I did have a different manager. And the manager I had didn't go anywhere and their role didn't necessarily change. Got it. Got it. So when you say reporting structure
0: changes, it's really just the relationship of who you happen to be reporting to, not that anybody has changed any kind of job roles. That's right. Got it. Okay.
1: And sometimes, you know, it could be the case where you and a peer are reporting to a, a boss, mm-hmm. you know, like we interviewed Tom Delicati on some episodes. So at one time he and I were peers and we reported to the CFO and then someone from the outside came to take that position a new CFO and we both reported to that CFO and I think that he felt that maybe he just needed to have one report from the IT department and since Tom had more experience you know he was a logical choice for the manager position there and so it made more sense for me to report to Tom but again you know, my role didn't change. I just reported to Tom instead of to the CFO. Got it. Got
0: it. So at one point in time, you were reporting directly to the CEO and then to the CFO and then somebody who's reporting to the CFO. And if you had stayed any longer, you were reported to somebody who was reporting to somebody who was reporting to the CFO. That's very possible. Hmm. Okay. Just getting further and further away from the CEO.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They just kept pushing me down. <laughs> <laughs> No, but, yeah, that was, that was kind of the chain of events. It, it happened. <laughs> <laughs> now, it could be that you, so a third scenario, it could be that you decide to take a new job at your current employer. So it could be a new role that's under a completely different manager. Maybe you go to an adjacent department. Maybe you are a server administrator and you go to the database administration team and that's actually managed by someone else.
0: Ah, uh, I see. Okay. So you're taking a completely different role. We'll just have the same company and that different role is reporting to a different manager. Right.
1: Got it. And maybe that manager is a peer of your former manager. So you may still have some interaction with the former manager and the former team, but probably going to be a new team, new manager in this case. Right. You know, there there may actually be cases where you choose to take a different role reporting to the same manager in the same department just because you needed a specialist in a particular area. Maybe the DBA still reports up to the IT manager and they backfill you. Right, right. So that's a possibility as well. But maybe, maybe, John, maybe you outgrow the company or the company outgrows you and you need to go to a different company. Uh, so, so this is
0: scenario four.
1: Scenario four, yeah. I guess, yep. And you would have a totally new manager who probably didn't just come into town. You know, they've probably been there and and somewhat established. A new team and a new company culture. So either the company you're in is changing in some way or the person you're reporting to changes or your role changes. Or all that changes because you moved to a different company.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I can actually think of maybe um, one additional special case um, that popped in my head as we were talking about it, and that is the case where your manager leaves the company, and then you follow your manager to that manager's new position to work for him or her, and um, that's like a pretty special case. Um, it definitely does happen, and there probably is some like specific uh, things that you need to do in order to act
1: accordingly in that new position. Um, so we'll think about that as well. So I'm going to give you a t- taste of your own medicine. I was actually surfing the manager tool site when we were doing research on this podcast. They actually have some podcasts on that exact topic, what to watch out for when you follow your manager to a new position, because right. it may not be all daisies and hot coffee.
0: Yeah, there's a, a very specific uh, set of things that they recommend doing. Mm-hmm. Um, we've probably listened to the same episode.
1: Well, I'm not saying I listened to it, but I I read the notes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I read took the Cliff Notes version. Got it, got it. <laughs> now, a lot of different scenarios there, but right. in any case, you're still going to have to get used to the person that you report to being someone different than it was. So I thought it would be fun to talk about, okay, how how can we adapt to this? Because a lot of times these changes are sudden. You may not be given a lot of time to adapt. You know, I remember at some of my previous employers where, okay, this person is gone. And like either that same day or the next day, the new person's there. Right. And that's how it is. And you just have to go for it. Right. So if we think about some tips, one of the first things that comes to mind is keep being yourself, you know, you, you do have a bit of a clean slate and you can be anyone you want, but that doesn't mean you should be someone fake Be genuine You know, just like people would write in your yearbook. Don't change john
0: <laughs> Uh, unfortunately in my yearbook People wrote specific recommendations for changes that they, <laughs> they thought that I should work on but okay. Um It's interesting that uh, that I would admit that on this podcast, but okay. All right now I really like that piece of advice in all seriousness, um, you know, you're in your position for a reason, you know, you're good at your job, you know, presumably for a reason. So you shouldn't change those things. Right. You know, especially like your personality, you don't try to become like a sparkling friendly person. If you know, that's not who you are, because then you'll come across, you know, very clearly as being uncomfortable with, you know, your interactions, right? Like that kind of thing will come through. So stay who you are. I I really, really like that advice.
1: Yeah. And maybe part of that is being honest about your capabilities. Don't say you know how to do something. If you don't, (laughs) don't say you can do something if you can't. Right. Right. know yourself and make sure you're communicating that to your new boss. You're not talking negatively. You're just being honest. These are my capabilities. Uh, Here's where I'd like to grow. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can help me get there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you're you're just being honest, you know, and hopefully that that type of honesty is part of who you are. Um, so you can just maintain that. I, I really, I really think that if you try to make big changes, all of a sudden, like part of what that's going to do is undermine, you know, your capabilities and it'll maybe, you know, actually contribute negatively to, to your job performance. If you're spending a bunch of energy trying to maintain a facade of somebody who you are not actually.
1: Right. right. I mean, if I had a new manager that hated coffee drinkers, I can't just pretend that I can stop drinking coffee, cold turkey, John. It's going to be difficult. Right. That, yeah. that would be living a lie. <laughs> and I know there are many out there who would agree with that. So don't do it, folks. Don't do it. Just be you. <laughs> Another tip, you're going to have to get to know your new manager. I mean, you're going to have to allow him or her to get to know you a little bit. And hopefully if they've been promoted to manager, they want to get to know you on some level. It's okay to talk about your family and what you do outside of work. Obviously, that shouldn't be the main focus. But in the beginning, you have to build some kind of rapport, some kind of common interest. And I think that your proximity to the manager in the beginning will determine how those first few meetings go. Maybe your interview was in person and they flew you out to whatever city the manager's in. But you're actually going to be a remote employee and not work in the same office as the manager. So you're your first one-on-one may be a phone call. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very
0: interesting point, especially, you know, in this modern workplace where more and more people are working remotely. Um, you know, something to keep in mind is building that rapport while still not necessarily being like, you know, sitting in the next cube or in a cube outside your, your manager's office. Um, but you're right that that is very important for them to to get to know you personally, and I, I think also for them to get to know how you do things, right? Sure. And like the processes and procedures that you've been using to manage your business, right? Um, they don't necessarily know. And part of the adjustment period, it's going to be all about, hey, you know, when I did this, this is how I did it, and uh, you know, maybe. Some of the things that you just assume, you know, that your previous manager knew, you should actually document and have ready to, to discuss, right?
1: Whoa. You mean I need documentation? Nobody does that.
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah. Bummer, man. That's
1: tough. But uh, yeah, I agree. And you don't have to focus on this is the right way to do it. And this is the gospel process. It's here's how I do it. Right. You know, without a right way, wrong way, but maybe you probably need to have some reasons why you do it. Not from a defensive standpoint, but they may ask, Oh, okay. Why are we doing it that way? Well, because of these three things and take the emotion out of it, take the focus on you out of it.
0: Yeah. I also think that you can be honest. Like, I don't know why we did things this way. Sure. You know, that's a, that's a valid response. And another valid response is momentum. You know, we, <laughs> we did it once this way and we just kept on doing it this way without thinking through, you know, or at least in my mind, I never knew why we were doing it this way. We just kept on doing it this way.
1: Right. This fell through the cracks. Not sure why. Right. And how about positivity Hmm. being positive, having a helpful attitude that doesn't mean that you have to spew flowers and roses all the time and just be the most upbeat person ever. If you're not that way all the time, but there, there are ways to be positive instead of negative, just in the way you say things. Absolutely. Hey, when you see, when you, if you walk by your manager in the morning, Hey, good morning. How's it going? Right. Right. You you don't, you don't have to just walk on by because you're tired. I know it takes more effort if you are, but
0: yeah. And I also think that, you know, as human beings, we kind of fear change. Absolutely. Right. So you, I think an important thing to guard against is to, you know, not let fear poison everything, right? Because one of the things that's going to be happening in a new management role is like that manager needs to just get to know what's going on. You know, Hey, I just want to know how we do this. I want to know how we do this. And it's very, very easy if we're in a fear state of mind to go, Oh, here we go. You know, asking questions about this, we're about to, you know, and it's like, but that's not necessarily it. It's just literally the job of that manager to know how things are done. Sure. Right. Because they're responsible for how things are done.
1: And if they've never been part of your department before, then you're going to have to do some education and you're being helpful by just telling them, okay, here's what we're doing. Right. I've seen managers, you know, in other departments and they said, well, I'm just going to observe for the first few weeks and get to know people and figure out how the processes are. And, Maybe ask them for ideas for improvement, or have my own list, and then we compare notes. It it really depends on how the manager is going to approach the situation. Hopefully, they don't just come in with guns blazing, like "Okay, we're we're going to stop doing it this way immediately, and we're going to change it." That's that's the way to get the fear mindset into people very quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I,
0: I I can understand you know having that that happen, and, and it's probably. You know, something that definitely happens with like maybe an inexperienced manager or, you know, a manager who's, you know, very specifically being tasked to do that. Like, oh, you know, we need a bunch of things to change that department. You know, who knows? But, you know, you just you do your best with, you know, what you're given. Right. And that's why you just kind of have to be ready to answer those questions. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're being tasked to change
1: a bunch of things then try to change them without fear. Sure. And this is, this is one of those times where you might have that wish list of things that you wish we could improve on, but maybe you never had time or was never seen as important. Those are nice things to have in your back pocket to show the manager, hey, I'm thinking outside the box. I want to improve. Here are some things I've thought of. You know, if they ask for it, or maybe even if they don't, you're not asking them to change the world, but you kind of have to balance
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think a very convincing way to approach that is to not expect things to change right away, especially at the beginning. You know, you're just almost kind of planting a seed about that idea, as opposed to saying, you know, hey, can we change the way things work and get a judgment right there? And then because again, like the most sane way manager would act in this situation is literally to just observe the status quo and understand the status quo before making changes and probably change things very subtly and slowly, you know, just to control for, you know, a bunch of things changing all at once, you know, if things go bad, which one of these changes was it that made things go bad. Right. So, you know, to be very scientific about it, right? So yeah, you're, you're planting that seed. And, and I would also, if you're going to suggest those changes, attach a metric to it. Oh, you know, when we do this process, it takes 45 minutes. I think that if we, um, you know, this step here is redundant and this step here is redundant and we could shave 20 minutes off of it. So, um, you know, just moving forward, like maybe if you keep that in mind, like while you're checking things out, you know, maybe that would be helpful to you.
1: Absolutely. And you know, this, this is a clean slate, whether you liked your previous manager or not. You, you can't fall victim to looking at the new manager through the lens of what the old manager did. It's, it's not fair to the new manager. You know, obviously, if the old manager was bad, then maybe it doesn't matter. But if the old manager was great and you, you really liked them and you're putting them on a pedestal, then the new manager can't possibly ever live up to that. And you're going to be disappointed. and It's probably going to affect the relationship, wouldn't you say?
0: Yeah, almost certainly, you know. I think it's any relationship is being doomed by previous relationship being put on a pedestal. Right. And a management relationship is, is no different from that. So you have to, to take, you know, life has change and you have to acknowledge that change and, and kind of roll with it. Um, we can't ever, you know, we don't have time machines. We can't roll back time, you know? So, you know, you, you give your, your manager an, an honest shot at like being good at, their job. Right. So, um, I I think that situation that you mentioned though, like loving your previous manager and, and how they manage you and, and then having that change, that's kind of a a fraught situation specifically. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. So, um, I guess that's a special situation where you, you know, it's like, what do you do? Right.
1: (laughs) <laughs> well, maybe maybe if we take a scenario that would that would help. Let's just say that I have a specific change control window for application updates. Whatever application it is, part of our process is we always update this every second Friday, mm-hmm. like clockwork. There's a there's a window, but we don't actually ep- execute the upgrades unless we have approval in writing from the boss. Mm -hmm. So we send an email. Is it okay to make the change tonight? Yes, it's okay. All right. Well, that's our green light. We can go ahead and do it. Right. Right. I think
0: something you said earlier, which is to focus on process and kind of take the relationship, the previous relationship out of it is probably the thing that I would focus on in that situation. Um, because you know, we're talking about about a situation where you loved that previous manager and how maybe in this case you love that informality, but I mean, you could be judgmental about your previous manager too, and say, "Oh, that informality was a was a bad thing." So, you know, like, kind of. Uh, I mean, so wait. Let me let me give an example, right? So, what if I was like, like, implicitly criticizing the informality, right? I could say something like, "Hey, you know, uh, the previous manager just let me um, email in like my my change control request, and you just." you know, reply back, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Is is that something that you want to keep going forward or, you know, to be that informal? Like is that really what you want? You know, is so that who a, you
1: want to be <laughs>
0: <laughs> Right. So there's like especially, you know, with the tone of voice that you use, like there can be an implied critique. Sure. And you know, the same thing for if that's what you wanted, right? Like what that's what you cherished and that was exactly what you want. You could say something like, um Hey, you know, so the previous manager just let me, um, email in my, my change control request and he would just reply back. Is that something that you're actually going to change? Or is that something that we can keep? You know, it's, there's like a very subtle implication that changing it is bad. Right. Um, and instead I think, you know, again, following on with what you said, you know, a neutral description, focus on the process and completely take the relationship and a critique out of it. Right. So, so in the past, our change control process was that I would send an email and the manager would uh, reply back with an approval or or disapproval. Is, Is that a process that you're comfortable with or is that something that you want to change?
1: Right. And notice that you said it in a very emotionless way. You took the focus off you, you took the focus off the previous manager just on the process right right that's good. It's hard to take the emotion out of those situations, especially when you own something or you've been doing it a certain way you feel like it's yours kind of mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely, and you know, like I keep on
0: saying life is about change, right, and make that change yeah well we fear it, and you know that that's fine we just have to like get out from like our animal brain and, you know, get into like the fully woke human brain and say, Oh, like, this is what's happening to me. Like I'm uncomfortable because things are changing and, you know, I'm reacting against that emotionally. Let me give this person a chance.
1: (laughs) Sure. Yeah. And part of doing that is not telling them everything that's wrong with the world as soon as they step into the role. You know, if, again, if the new manager is coming in or you're changing report structure within your company, let me tell you everything that's wrong with our department and what we need to do to fix it all. Because if you knew how to fix every problem and had enough time, you would have fixed them all. Right? Right. But you probably don't have enough time. You don't have enough resources and somebody is helping you prioritize. And by saying everything that's wrong, you kind of get labeled as uh, that negative guy or that negative gal.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think the key there is not to focus on the negative, right? And you can have specific things that you think need to be changed. And maybe you can, you know, talk about them again, attaching a metric. I think this is important because it, you know, we lose 25 minutes times, you know, 40 times a week. So it's a big chunk of time that we could be doing other things. Um, But, you know, I know that you have other things on your mind right now and you're just trying to get settled. I just wanted to plant the seed on this one thing. Um, But, you know, again, welcome to the new role or welcome to the company or whatever, you know, but it it probably shouldn't be in that first conversation anyway. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And if you're going to air agreements, you should probably have a solution in mind, right? right? You shouldn't just say, well, here's the problem. You need to fix it. Yeah. And
0: it probably shouldn't be a grievance. <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, it probably should be like, you know, here's inefficiency that I see, or here's, you know, something along these lines. It's not like, you know, man, uh, there's, there's a lot of misspellings in the forms that we use for, for our change controller requests, you know, or the, the, the grammar is bad. It it should be something that has an impact on the department you know, the team, how work gets done that, you know, is pretty impactful, right? Has a measurable impact. And then again, have a metric and be able to say, I think we, go, we can go from here to here. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: So sure. And part of getting those things correct is adjusting to and getting to know the management style. And again, you're going to have to get to know the management style of a new manager, whether you're at the same company or a different company. You you just have to. What what are their expectations? If you interviewed somewhere new, you probably got some idea, but you, you probably need a little bit more in day one and following. What, what do they expect? Maybe they have some kind of mission statement or vision for the department, the way we should um, carry ourselves when we interact with others at the company. Maybe they have a higher standard than the previous manager did or a lower standard. You don't know. Maybe they want you to dress up and you haven't been dressing up and how do they measure success? Like you said, what are their key measurements that they're going to be looking at? Because it's probably going to be different, right? You know, maybe they're just concerned about ticket close rates. We need to be closing 15 tickets a week. Well, I can game that system and close 15 tickets a week. I may not be solving any problems, but I can close 15 tickets, you know, But I think
0: what you said makes sense just, you know, understanding how they measure success, because Mm -hmm. again, what if, if it's ticket close rates and I'm talking about, you know, shaving time off of like a backup process, but they don't view like backup process time savings as an actual measurement of success. Well then it's kind of silly for me to suggest that, right? Um, I, I, or I shouldn't just suggest it and say, hey, we're going to save all this time. Maybe I should suggest it and say, hey, I'm going to save enough time to be able to close more tickets. Now I'm relating it back to the metric that they care about.
1: Or you tell them there's an open ticket for this backup process improvement. (laughs) And uh, I'm going to make that one the first one I close, if that's cool with you. (laughs) (laughs) And one of the most important things, I think, is figure out what is their preferred method of communication. Some people maybe your metric is the ticket close rate or ticket updates and the manager will just go in and look at what you've done and they may not they may ask you for more clarification if they need it some people may not look they may just call you hey where can you tell me where we are on this because they're getting asked or they just need to know and if they are a phone person then maybe you need to spend some more time on the phone with them because that's their preferred method of communication. If they don't like you, if you're in the same office, if they don't like it when you walk into their office unexpectedly, maybe you need to send an email or put something on the calendar so that you don't surprise them and you can get their best foot forward when you go and talk to them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. I I really like that idea of figuring out the that they prefer for communication. And sometimes that mode is different for different things, mm-hmm. right? You know, maybe the casual chat while passing in the hallway is great for some set of things, but, you know, like a formal calendar sit down is better for other things. And a phone call is different for yet a third set of things. Sure. So um, figuring out all of those things is a, is a really good idea. And something, you know, it's, that's probably going to take more than a week.
1: Yeah. Probably more than a month. And maybe it's you shoot a quick text. Hey, I really need your advice on something. Any time today would be great if you have time.
0: Ah, time boundaries.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or I really need to talk to you before lunch if possible because yeah. this is a burning problem. Maybe that helps them see, okay, it's urgent for them and I need to be attentive to that. Right. But yeah. they can still address it when they want within that boundary, of course, hopefully that's part of your managing up.
0: Right. But you're, you're kind of saying this is the level of urgency. It would be best in my perception if we had a discussion before this time. Mm -hmm. And then they're of course allowed as the, the manager to say, you know, my calendar is full of things that I perceive as much higher priority than, you know, anything that could be brought to my attention and that's their judgment,
1: right? Yep. Absolutely. And I think this is an easy one, but we'll say it. Don't gossip about your manager to other people on the team. You don't, you don't need to air dirty laundry or some frustration that you have. It just, it doesn't really help because it can influence other team members to maybe have the same grudge or problem with the manager. I would say, well, I don't know. I guess you could share good things. Yeah. Well, I think
0: like a really, if if somebody, you know, starts to do something that you perceive as, you know, possibly, you know, starting to talk negatively about the manager, I think the safest thing to say is, Hey, I'm, I'm trying to give this person like, like an honest shot the way that I hope they're giving me an honest shot. And, uh, and you know, that hopefully just shuts down any criticizing, you know, or complaining conversation yeah hopefully that person will do the same yeah yeah
1: that's good and then maybe some other differences in staying with the same employer versus moving to a new one you're going to get if you stay with the same employer you're probably going to be able to get some different perspectives on what your new manager is like from other people who work with them now or work under them now It doesn't mean you couldn't get that at a new company if you had the right connections before, but I would venture to say that that is not super likely.
0: You're, you're, what you're saying is you're more likely to have good connections within the
1: existing company that Mm -hmm. you are in than a brand new organization. Sure. It's most likely in a brand new org, you're going to have what you had from the interview and maybe, maybe a second interview, but that's, that's probably it. Right. Right. You're going to have to make your judgment call from there. And then again, some, the same familiar familiarity with the environment as a whole, the culture of the company versus you don't have much. It's a new place, new town where not everybody knows your name (laughs) (laughs) and you have to adjust there. So uh, adjusting to the company culture while adjusting to a new team and a new manager, it, it is a lot. Yeah, Definitely but hopefully those things were part of your personal value and goal match that we talked about in reasons not to pursue an opportunity episodes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I also think that, you know, that process that you're talking about, the that that contrast between, um, you know, those two different situations, um, you know, drives maybe a different, you know, attitude towards like, um, how it is that you're going to approach things. You know, I mean, By necessity, of course, like if you're going into a new role, you don't have maybe the luxury of saying, oh, okay, well, I'm just going to do this job the same way that I've been doing it and let this manager like slowly, you know, adjust to how I'm doing it because you're in a new role you don't necessarily know anything about that job or how they want it done. You know, maybe it's even the same title as you had before, but it means a completely different thing there or has, you know, slightly different responsibilities or different expectations. So you just need that feedback a little bit quicker. Right. So, you know, it's just, you have to, of course, um, treat all this, these tips as, you know, context specific. Right. So, um, I, you know, personally, like I really like like this list of tips that you've put together, and uh, I think that it kind of matches with kind of a process that I've gone through, um, and uh, I'll give you kind of the order that I've done it. Like, you know, first of all, like you know, like I said, I've had you know some management changes, um, even in the past three years uh, at VMware. You know, I've had. Managers uh, move on to bigger and better things a couple, you know, two times now. So, you know, when the new manager comes in or you get when I've gotten moved to that team, you know, the first thing that I do is I try to change nothing. Right. I'm, I'm kind of demonstrating my baseline, how I do my job. I let them observe me and, you know, show how I'm doing things so they get a fair um, inspection of what it is that I do and how I do it. Um, I interact with that manager this is kind of the second step. You know, if they're asking or I feel like this is a particularly impactful process, then I explain the context of the process, you know, and I'll even feel free to ask for feedback in, in that situation, right? Maybe they have some immediate guidance or some opinions on, you know, in general, in situations like this, uh, you know, the the main things that I thought were important were you know A, B, and C. So I don't know the specifics of your process, John, but you know, if you're as long as you're working towards ultimate goals of A, B, and C, you know, I kind of think that you're probably going to be fine. And yeah, maybe you know that's the exact feedback I needed. If what I was looking for was like specific technical feedback or order of operations, and they're just They're kind of telling me in that situation, they're not really ready for me to change anything, right? So they didn't ask me to change anything. So I'm keeping their value goals in mind, but I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, And then over time, you know, in an interaction with that manager, I'm establishing a new baseline of expectations and and how to do things, right? Processes, procedures, values, and goals. So, you know, I think when you change things, you, you should probably change them gradually. You want make, to make those changes sustainable. That's probably the last point. So, you know, that's kind of my process, right? First, change nothing, uh, show the baseline to the new manager or in your new situation. Um, then, slowly over time, you know, gain the rapport. I think the way that you're saying, Um, Explain context, again, how you said, um, and maybe particularly impactful processes. Ask for feedback as, you know, you develop rapport. Um, And then, you know, as your manager feels more comfortable with giving you that feedback and, you know, suggest specific changes, you make those changes, understand and document maybe personally that new baseline of expectations, and then change gradually, you know, towards those, that new baseline. So that's just, I think, um, I sketched out like a, a process that I go through and then it really kind of, um, dovetailed and jived with a lot of the things that you, you, you know, the, the tips that tips that you had. So it fit together really well, I think.
1: Now, one thing I will say is not every tip given here was out of my own mind and of my own creation. I did, we'll put several articles in the show notes that I looked over and I thought had some really good content that we listed as tips here. So some of it original, some of it not, but the things that were included were things that were really helpful from those articles and they may have touched on things that we didn't. So definitely go check them out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think another comment here is, you know, when you make the choice to take on a new role and it involves changing a manager, that's a choice that you made. So to some extent, You kind of had to know what you were getting into or at least think you did and weigh the positives and negatives there. But when the reporting structure change or your manager moves up, that is a change that is put upon you that you didn't necessarily ask for. So that can at times be more difficult because you weren't expecting it or you didn't want it or you had a really good relationship with the previous one. But, you know, the advice here is... Don't sell the person short whether you think you know them or not. Give them a chance. Right. Because sometimes even if they're not the greatest manager in the world at heart, your positivity and helpfulness can actually make them better and, and help you succeed and the whole department succeed. Because really the goal is to make your manager look good so that your department looks good so that everybody is seen as valuable, right?
0: Right, right. You're all trying to contribute towards the the greater goals of the organization and company that you're working for. Um, I really like that point as well. Um, I think that you know, nat, you know, ch- change again is natural in the course of life. You know, if you have a really terrific manager, you know, the chances are that you know, an excellent manager is not going to be your manager forever because they're going to be recognized for being excellent and they're gonna be asked to take on bigger and better roles. So, you know, I've had that happen a couple of times, right? Um, so I, I think that you are never going to um, be able to be comfortable with the way things are exactly the way they are for the rest of your career. That's an unreasonable expectation to have. Um, you know, your management structure is going to change. Your reporting structure is going to change. I mean, that's just, change is a constant in life. (laughs) So, uh, you don't have to always be looking over your shoulder for it, but, um, you should know, you know, what to do when things come around and, you know, how to effectively deal with it.
1: Yeah. And last thing I'll add is, I would give everybody listening the same advice I would give my nine year old daughter, and that's you can learn something from every single person you come in contact with. You can learn how you should and should not do things. And hopefully with the new manager, you're learning more about how you should do things or should act or should interact. But, you know, you're you can control how you react to any situation and you can choose to look at it in a positive or negative light and all those things are going to affect the way you perform in some way, shape or form.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and main maintaining positive positivity and, and looking for those, you know, personal like learnings and, and growth opportunities is, you know, how you can best uh, progress your career. Absolutely. And caffeination helps. My goodness, I can't believe I drank coffee at 10 at night. I'm never going to fall asleep.
1: Well, it's only 8 o'clock your time. That's a good point.
0: (laughs) Well, Nick, I think that's it for that topic. And, of course, it's the only topic that we had. So uh, anything else pop into your mind while we talk before we close things out?
1: Just remember that the process that John described is part of the curricula of the John White School of Mentoring. And today I've been blessed to have John here in close proximity to record this podcast. And it may be that you are out there listening and you wish that you had some of that goodness that comes from the mind of the one and only John White. So if you're ready to take that leap, if you're hungry for more and you need a mentor, send that tweet out to Journey to sign up for the John White School of Mentoring today and we can find some of John's time to give to you as our loyal listener pricing, and packaging to come.
0: You are ridiculous. <laughs> I, I've been waiting to tell you that face-to-face.
1: <laughs> I'm okay with it. <laughs> but just remember, folks, we want people to subscribe and give us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to us. We want to know if we're being helpful, and we're always looking for interesting questions to ponder. We're collectively on Twitter, at Nerd Journey. And I promise you, the John White School of Mentoring is real.
0: <laughs> um yes farewell listeners tune in next time as the journey continues um just remember if you're looking for barbecue recommendations in the dallas fort worth area you want to reach out to nick cordy um, at network Nerd underscore um and for nick i'm john white at v journeyman signing off adios
1: enjoy the meat coma john <laughs> Make that change.